and I, I just feel to say this to you is that this season will end. Uh, you will be okay. We will be okay. And uh, I know absolutely that uh, we're going to learn uh, a lot of things uh, from this time. But hey, thanks so much for coming together today. And uh, thanks so much for setting aside the time. And so I've got here uh, a, an awesome hot cross bun. I hope you've got yours as well. I've got an egg here. And a little bit later on, we're going to celebrate communion together as well. And so uh, I hope um, that you can uh, prepare for that. In regards to having communion together, it doesn't need to be uh, grape juice and bread. I've known people that have been on medication, that uh, they take their medication as uh, as communion. But the, the important thing is to stop and recognize the promise of what Jesus has done at the cross and that uh, he is the only God in all the earth that died for his subjects, died for you and me and was raised back to life again with absolute incredible record and power. So I just thank you for uh, joining us right now. So we are going to explore a little bit what Resurrection Sunday is all about. I'm uh, looking forward to sharing uh, this brief message with you, and uh, and uh, I trust that you've got your pens and paper ready, and uh, you're able to uh, connect with us in some way. Um, today we're talking about living hope, and um, uh, uh, Jesus is the living hope. Um, Jesus became the living hope, not only when he died upon the cross for the entire sin of the world. You see, the law of the, requ- the requirement of the law was that, was that a, a, a sinless being before Jesus, it was lambs, cows, and animals, and they had to be without blemish. Well, Jesus, it's talked about that he uh, was the it, it was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth, <clears throat> and the lamb slain means in relation to the law. So prior to Jesus, of what God the Father required of mankind, and yet now Jesus did away with all of that. <clears throat> you see, he. Came came as a sinless man. He was fully God and yet fully man, fully needing to rely upon the guidance of Father, upon being filled with the Holy Spirit, and then being able to die a sinless man upon the cross to fulfill that law once and for all, once and for all. That means no matter who you are, what you've done, what's been done to you, what you have done yourself, what you've willfully chosen to do, uh, then you have been forgiven if you would just simply express your, uh, uh, your, your, you would confess that sin to Jesus and say, Jesus, uh, right now I'm a sinner and I need your saving salvation and that you you, uh, then in that instant, as you you confess your sin to Jesus and you invite him into your heart, right at that moment, you receive eternal life and you begin an incredible journey with Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. And that sounds a bit funny. You know, we don't generally have lords in uh, in Australia and we generally, you know, might have a Savior and he might look like a, you know, uh, in a red cape and super buff, you know, a bit 
bit like me. Uh, not really. Um, you know, might wear his underpants on the outside. There might be a savior like a superhero, but you see, Jesus came uh, that he humbled himself uh, in no cape whatsoever. He came in absolute humility and he died for each and every one of us. So today we're going to be talking about a few things. What is Easter? What is living hope? And uh, I hope that you can follow a, follow along with me. You see, for Easter, Easter for many of us, and especially for uh, Anna's and, and my uh, children this morning, um, beside their breakfast, Josh came out and he said, and I just completed breakfast just with something a little extra. And, and when I walked out and I looked behind his breakfast, I noticed there was some uh, fairly sizable chocolate eggs. And, you know, any other Sunday, any other morning for breakfast, <laughs> then those chocolate eggs or chocolates of any kind would go straight back in the cupboard. But you see, for many people around the world, uh, chocolate eggs uh, represent Easter. Everybody loves a good chocolate egg. And, uh, and uh, mind you, there's something about Easter egg chocolate. You know, it could be most expensive or the cheapest chocolate in the world. There's just something about it that's good. Um, but uh, so here I have uh, an egg, uh, proudly not sponsored by Daryl Lee. And, uh, and here, you know, where did the egg come from? How come during Easter we have this thing about eggs? Um, well, <coughs> originally it was not always chocolate. Uh, I know that comes as some surprise to you and kids. If you're watching, not all Easter eggs came as chocolate. Originally, they were actually hen or duck eggs. So I can just imagine Josh coming out and I put a little finishing touch to my breakfast and here is a duck egg just sitting there, swallow that thing down. I don't think he would be as excited about it. But... It used to be a hen or a duck egg, and it would always be just a, a gift of uh, something that represents new life. The egg around the Easter time was really related to pagan practices relating to spring rites. In other words, we're coming into a, the season of autumn now. Uh, autumn? Yes, we're coming into a season of autumn now, uh, but, uh, but uh, in other uh, areas of the world, they're coming into their season of spring. They're coming out of the winter uh, uh, and into that season of spring. And so it really represented that spring was this area of new life. It was an egg uh, representing new life. It was a symbol of new life and fertility. Um, in Egyptian mythology, um, it, it, it's amazing how the egg is uh, a representation throughout all of mankind and throughout all of history because in Egyptian mythology, um, the phoenix would burn its nest to be later reborn later from the egg that is left. doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because if you burn a nest with an egg that's in it, then that says to me that that's going to be a hard hard-cooked egg. But anyway, um, the Hindus believe that the world developed from an egg. Um, my question then is, so what came first, the egg or whatever laid it? Uh, I'm not sure that that particularly provides a lot of answers for me. Um, but uh, whether you believe in Jesus as God's son or not, the egg most represents new life and new beginnings. 
So here is a good question that I'd love for you to ask yourself. If you haven't followed through on your New Year's resolutions that you set back in January, Easter is a good time for new beginnings. Easter is a good time that we can consolidate the year that has been so far and we're well into it. But it's a time that we can actually lay aside things and think to ourselves, this is a new beginning. This is a new time and a new beginning for you. This is an opportunity as you listen to my voice and watch this video. This is a, an opportunity for you to step in to a new beginning. But look, whilst there is nothing better than, an, than a lint uh, chocolate Easter egg that's filled with that soft goodness, my top personal, at the top of my personal list is the humble hot cross bun. Now, this one is not hot, hasn't been toasted yet. This was bought just from the local IGA. But this hot cross bun also has some phenomenal meaning and incredible, incredible beginnings. You see, 12th century monks, it's, it's believed, this is a bit of a theory. I, I wasn't alive then. I can't confirm it. But 12th century monks baked these buns with a cross on top of it to spread the good news of Jesus' story. It was a representation. They thought to themselves, hey, what can we do for our community? What can we do to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, God's only Son, dying upon the cross, uh, cleansing the earth, washing the earth, washing every single human being that would choose him clean of their sin? How else can we spread this gospel that reminds people of the fact that Jesus died and rose again and they came up with this idea of the little crosses and if if you're watching and you know what the white bit is made out of can you please message up on the Facebook page because I'd love to know but anyway um Let's go forward a little bit to the 16th century. The Elizabethans, they were very uh, superstitious. And get this, they believed that the buns baked on Good Friday would never go stale. Imagine that. You could bake a year's supply of hot cross buns and you'd be able to keep them throughout the entire year and they would never go stale. You'd be able to toast them all year round. Well, our supermarkets have almost... Uh, kept um, uh, kept that tradition for us. But to me, it would only really take a week <laughs> to find out whether they did go stale or not. Like if you cooked it and you kept it for a month, you'd be able to know that you'd go, hey, this one I baked on Good Friday is now stale. So there you go. That debunked that theory. But they still taste good, right? Whatever and however it started, hot cross buns, uh, freshly toasted with butter, layered with butter. Butter so it's like cheese on top is so, so good. So whether you think buns or eggs uh, and a long weekend sums up your Easter, I want you to know that Easter is so much more. It is about a realized hope, a living hope. See, it, the scripture says this in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Guys, the, the truth about Easter is not just about 
the death of Jesus and why he died. It's not just about how he died. The horrific shame that he bore on the cross as he, as he was stripped naked on the cross and, and whipped and, and beaten brutally. The, the feeling that he got when he was separated from Father. The feeling that he got even in the Garden of Gethsemane leading up. He was so overcome with the stress of what he was about to face that the Bible says that he, he, he perspired uh, drops of blood. The feeling that he had as he bore the, the, the power of darkness upon his body, the, the sickness and the sin of the world. It's not just about the death of Jesus Christ. It is about the truth that is recorded and there are several accounts of his resurrection. The truth that in some way, that, that in the way that many saw Jesus die, but so many more saw him alive again. The Bible records that at, any, that at one moment over 400 people witnessed and saw Jesus alive. I have the privilege of walking with people through their various experiences in life. Births, deaths, challenges, success, sickness, marriages, breakups. Those that are able to grieve, people that are able to celebrate together, people that are able to rise after a failure, they are people that are able to look toward their future with hope and a sense of expectancy. Friends, those sorts of people are able to see the truth and the reality of where they are right now. The reality of COVID-19 and the pandemic around the world says that we must stay in our homes, that we must, we must physical, physically isolate, and, and we must do that in order for the, for the greater good of our community and our family. But those people that face those situations are, and are able to walk through them must always have this hope that is deep within their life. They must have this one thing in common, that they would hope for a better future, that they would hope for something greater, that they would hope for, for, for something new to come and something new to change. A hope that they are going to experience something better than what they have walked through and that they would experience more success based on the encouragement they feel from the successes and from the experiences that they have already had. It's like so many millionaires around the world have suffered two or three bankruptcies even before they've experienced the apparent success. It's their ability to get knocked down but then get back up again. And you see, Jesus endured the cross because of the hope that was set before him, Hebrews says. It was the joy that he was already beginning to experience amongst the anguish, amongst the pain. It's the joy that he was going to experience that he could offer you life, eternal life and complete salvation and freedom from everything that you have done wrong or fallen short, the Bible says, of the glory of God. Guys, hope is something that is alive. In fact, 
I would go as far to say that hope is someone that is alive. You see, hope has to have a life source. If food nourishes your body, then hope nourishes your spirit. Hope for love, hope for health. Man, we're hoping for health for the entire world right now. Hope for wealth, to be able to have your needs, you know, not just supplied for, but for you to be equipped as a person to see them reached. Hope to see COVID-19 come to an end. What about hope for living? What about hope for life itself? What about hope for something more than this life that we experience here on earth? What about hope for eternal life? What about hope that sees the truth that death has lost its power over you, that even though at everybody will experience the death of their physical body, guys, the hope that your spirit and your soul lives on is a very real hope. You don't need to fear death. You don't need to fear life. You don't need to fear another person or what people might say about you or, or, or against you. Guys, hope is something that you can have when you have Jesus at the center of your life. Hope is something that Jesus gives each and everyone who chooses to believe in him. Hope is Jesus walking with you, carrying you and guiding you to greater things. Reverend Dr. C. Neil Strait wrote this. He said, Take from a man his wealth and you hinder him. Take from him his purpose and you slow him down. But take from him his hope and you can stop him. He can go on without wealth and even without purpose for a while, but he will not go on without hope. If you've got your Bibles with you, just turn to Romans chapter 8, which is one of my absolute most famous, uh, my famous, my uh, absolute um, favorite uh, chapter in the Bible, in Romans 8. And I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Romans 8, chapter 24 and 25 says this, For this is the hope of our salvation. But hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. For why would we need to hope for something we already have? So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. Our hope that we walk in, our hope that we carry, our hope that we can celebrate by having got cross buns and, and eggs and, and those things, those Areas of hope. Friends, it's all in Jesus. Our hope for life. Our hope for greater things to come. Our hope that to see sickness healed. Our hope to see this pandemic end. Our hope is in Jesus Christ alone. Friends, when we accept him, as we appoint him, as our King and as the Lord of our life. Friends, that hope 
keeps us alive, keeps us pushing on for a greater day. And that hope has already been realized in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're going to have communion together now. And, and if you've got, might be some juice or bread, it might even be a hot chocolate and a hot cross bun. I'd invite you right now just to grab those items and grab those things because Jesus is the realized hope. Friends, whilst we hope for things here on earth, we know that there is a hope that has already been realized, and that is Jesus himself. In Jesus Christ himself, we have this hope. So I'm going to lead you now in having communion together. And communion for many people are often this, this moment, it's this, like this solemn moment of, of a reminder of everything that you've done wrong. But friends, it's just so much more than that. Friends, communion is a celebration of life. Communion is a celebration of what Jesus has done. Communion is more than just the ability to open one of these things on camera. (laughs) I hope that I'm going to be able to open this well. Friends, hope is a celebration of eternal life given. Hope is a celebration of the greater things to come. Jesus said these words, even in Romans 8, he said, he said the whole earth groans for the realisation of the sons of men. Friends, the whole earth is longing for you to step into who Jesus sees you to be, who Jesus recognises you as, and the price that he has paid is fully realized in your life, walking in greater power, walking in greater friendship with God. So Jesus, in the, as they celebrated, as he and the disciples celebrated the Passover, which is, which is celebrating when Israel was set free from Egypt, He took the bread, he broke it, he gave thanks and he said these words. He said, this is my body broken for you. This is my body broken for you. And that's what he did at the cross. He allowed his body to be broken. So Jesus, right now, we just thank you. As we uh, eat of this, Lord, we thank you that you keep us safe. And Lord, right now, we thank you that you break the power of sin and sickness over our life. And Lord, that we stand in complete freedom. And so Jesus, thank you that you allowed your body to be broken to pay this price for us. We'll eat together. Then Jesus took the cup. He took a cup of wine and, and he said, this is, this is the blood of the new covenant. And even at that time, the disciples were very unsure, really, of what was happening in that moment. And he said, this is my blood <laughs> that has been spilt with the complete wiping away of all sin. 
making you whole, making me whole. This is the blood that crushes the powers of darkness. This is the blood that crushes viruses and sickness. And this is the blood that sets us free. So he said, this is my blood, the blood of the new agreement that says you can come to Father anytime, that Jesus paid the price so we can go to Father God at any time, at any moment, as often as we see fit. So, Father, we just thank you right now that you sent your son to die for us. And Jesus, you not only died, but you rose again. You not only paid the price by dying on that cruel cross, but you rose again. That that stone completely rolled away and that you were raised to life. And so, Jesus, right now, as we drink this together, we just thank you for the power of this moment, the power that you have given to everyone who believes in Jesus' name. So, friends, our hope is that you would accept Jesus and be saved. Our hope is that you would walk with Jesus and be continually saved. That you would give him your future. And that hope is that you would always be saved. When you give Jesus your all, just as he did, and when he died for you on that cruel cross, he doesn't just meet you halfway, he goes all out to lavishly love you. That's how important you are. That is how amazing he has made you. So saying thanks so much for listening today and we've got a really special treat coming up right next and, and I would ask that you would just listen to the words that uh, this Lauren Daigle song and uh, Rose and Sam are going to sing this and, and perform this for you. Thanks so much for listening today and it's been great to come into your lounge rooms and... and uh, if a bedroom or wherever you might be, you might be out in the backyard, but thanks so much for listening. And uh, my greatest prayer is that uh, you would know Jesus in a personal way. Thanks so much.